Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. Hi. It's been a while. Two weeks since our last podcast, but we're here. And we're queer. No, 30%. 30, um, anyway, I, uh, I'm glad to be back. So much shit has happened in the uh, last two weeks, and we have so much to talk about. Um, before we do that, though, I want to get the business shits out of the way. As usual, we are doing this live at twitch.tv forward slash Jimmy Navio. So if you're listening out there on Google Play, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, hitthebucket.com, if you want to uh, come listen live, you can. It's easy. Just go to twitch.tv forward slash Jimmy Navio every Wednesday night. I say every. We're, we're going to bring it back. We're going to start doing this weekly again. Uh, it's been every other week for the last few podcasts because life is happening. But our goal is to do it weekly. So come stop by. Check it out. Uh, other than that, hit the bucket podcast at gmail.com if you have any inquiries, if you have any guest suggestions, topic suggestions, promotional opportunities anything like that uh that's the place to reach out to us we did get a couple emails also if you're going to email us um provide some background some detail uh we'd love to know how you found out about us we'd love to know who you are i had a guy email me uh like last week and his email literally said if you're interested in promotional opportunities i might be able to help there was no like link to a website. There was no like I did, other than his email address. I have no idea what the guy's name is. Uh, it was very uninformative. So if you're gonna reach out to us, we want to hear from you and we want to know who you are. Um, so maybe a little more detail <laughs> in your emails. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> it was a farmers only sales rep. Farmersonly.com. Illuminati. Yep. I don't know. I just it it was it wasn't really it wasn't really much information. So I replied to him and I asked, "Hey, how do we uh you know, tell me more about yourself? How do we hook up? Do you want like can we do a like a Skype call or, you know, we can set something up to discuss what you have to offer?" And he never replied. So I don't really know what his motivation was. Hopefully he re replies to me at some point. Uh Anyway, I'm rambling. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, come watch us live. Oh, we have a YouTube channel too. YouTube.com forward slash Jimmy Navio. We have a playlist with every episode of Hit the Bucket over there. Maybe someday I'll make a dedicated YouTube channel or change the name of mine to Hit the Bucket. But for now, it's at YouTube.com forward slash Jimmy Navio. Uh, all the episodes are there. Plus some of my own, you know, random shits from stream and whatnot. So... Uh, that's it. That's all the business stuff. I'm going to bring James on and we're going to chat for a bit and hopefully, uh, we have something to chat about. Cause I'm, I feel very unprepared for this episode. So James is going to carry me. I can, he's going to, I'm going to let him do all the talking this week. <laughs> yes, maybe. Excuse me. What? Come on. There's been two weeks of stuff happening. I know there's too many links. Prepared. I posted so many links that I don't know which ones to even like. I don't know where to start. Oh, by the way, this episode is an epic uh, exclusive, so you can download it there. Uh, make sure you use creator code suck my butt 
I don't even know how those creator code things work. What is, is it, how does that, what is Trying it? to roast them and don't even know what you're talking <laughs> about. Shameless. It's like. Only exclusive for six months, guys. Don't worry about it. Then we're going to hit all the other services. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what I, what I was saying in discord is that I'm going to treat uh, people who do Epic exclusives. It's just going to be uh, early access. So Epic is just the early access platform. <laughs> Because eventually, you know, six months from now, once they've worked out all of the bugs and, uh, you know, the first uh, the first expansion has come out and everything, six months from now when it's on Steam, it'll actually be, like, polished, right? Yeah, it gets its first sale, so you get it at a discount. Exactly. We'll get a better game at a discount, maybe some DLC. So, you know, just saying. I'm it's it's whatever. I don't need to play it for 6 months cuz I'm 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 not going to buy it on Epic. Uh I regardless of everyone around me playing it, I'm just not going to buy it. I I don't have enough time to play it anyway. If it was on Steam, I might buy it, but I'll wait. Uh the other two I already own on Steam, so why in the world would I like Plus that someone pointed out that it, that point that uh it was kind of weird that 2K dropped the uh, the like game of it, like the the special edition. Oh yeah, the special edition, on like Steam. all the DLC on Steam. It's like fifteen bucks. Yeah, the special edition on Steam right before they announced that Part Three was going to be an Epic exclusive. That was pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. I, I saw one comment. One guy was like. Oh, so you're basically saying if I just decide to wait, it's going to come to Steam and I can just buy the Game of the Year edition, all the DLC, all the bug fixes for 15 bucks as well? Um, Yeah, by the way, we're continuing a conversation from Discord. I don't know if I actually mentioned that we're talking about Borderlands 3. Uh, they, they're making it... In case it wasn't obvious. <laughs> they're making it an epic exclusive. Like, why? Why, why is this happening? And why so, like, they waited until everyone was already hyped as fuck, and then they dropped that announcement trailer. And they didn't even, like, and then at the end of the trailer, the little icon was the little epic gear. Mm-hmm. People were just like, wait a minute. That's not the Steam icon. What is this? Yeah. Especially, it's Borderlands 3 from Gearbox. They don't need, like... Like, I understand, like, say Satisfactory, right? They're, they're an Epic exclusive game right now. They're a small indie company, not a lot of resources. So to Epic approach them, be like, we have a bag of money we're going to give you to have exclusive rights to your game. I don't know if they have it forever. I don't know how the, I didn't look into it, how the deal is. For them, they're probably like, this is a lifesaver. Because if we just put it on Steam, like, I don't know, maybe we didn't get enough money. Like, it's a good game. People were a little bit hyped about it, but maybe not enough to, to survive it. But when you're Gearbox and everybody and their mother has been talking, like waiting for Borderlands 3. Right. And then you're just like, oh, so we took, a, in addition to selling the game full price, we're also taking a bunch of money from the Epic Game Store. <laughs> I mean, if it's that good of a deal, I guess I don't blame them in a way, but I blame them. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just makes me wonder how much money is Epic offering these games to really just strong arm people onto using their platform. Yeah, I just there's so many better ways to approach like getting into that market rather than just 
forcing people mm -hmm. like just shoving people into it i don't know i wanted to read this comment though i uh i actually messaged this guy and i asked him if i could read his comment because it was pretty it, it made some good points that i i wasn't as good at articulating myself it's from uh -huh. rufio 006 it's the top upvoted comment on this thread about borderlands 3 is a six month epic store exclusive he said just to clarify why people are upset by this it's not because they love steam but rather because of the exclusivity factor nobody would care less if epics exclusives were also available on steam that way the consumer has a choice and can pick whichever storefront they want Ubisoft have done this for many years with their games available via Uplay and Steam and it's never caused this sort of backlash. The reason Epic is getting hate is that they're trying to force their way into the market, not by offering a superior product to Steam, but instead by buying off the people creating the products which populate the market. They're literally buying off the competition. The ideal scenario would be for all games to be available on Steam and Epic and then the two can have a healthy bit of competition, which incentivizes them both to keep improving. This way, the consumer always wins because each platform wants to better the other by creating cool new features to attract new users. Uh, the way it is today, Epic are just using their Fortnite money to strong arm themselves into leading the market. The bottom line is that the consumer loses out by having no opinion than to use a poorly featured game launcher or store which no longer has any incentive to improve its features set because they bought out the competition for the pc gaming community there is simply no upside and that's like remember i don't know if you remember but the first time we talked about this i made a big stink about the fact that like it's been that way on consoles and there's literally no reason for it to happen on PC because it's mm -hmm. the same software platform and now it's happening. And that really makes me upset. <laughs> mm -hmm. And especially, I see some people, they're like, what's the big deal? You're just downloading like another launcher. It's not like a console where you spent like four to 400 bucks on a separate console. But it's like, that's not the point. I don't want like, and you know why Epic's doing it, that they have to do it this way, right? It's because if you did just let the free market do it, and just like they were on both, then really the only reason someone would buy the game on the Epic store is because Epic gives the gives the publisher a larger cut of the profit. And that's really the only thing going for them. But that's a pretty big deal, though. I mean, especially if you're a smaller developer. And like they said, why not let them release it on both? You know, like the like, take the cut from Epic for the people who buy it there, and then also take the cut from Steam. Like I, but by by saying it by releasing it on ours, you can't release it on theirs. You're cutting you're cutting the developer's arm off too. Like as mm -hmm. a small indie developer, my goal would be to get it on as many platforms as possible. I mean, other than Epic just throwing a bunch of money at me and saying, "Yeah, you don't need to worry about those other platforms," like exposure is important too not just money especially if you want to create a name for yourself it's the same mm -hmm. thing especially in this market right now like tons of games are getting released every week so if your game is only on the epic launcher and most people only see the epic launcher as the fortnite launcher most people aren't even going to know that game exists right exactly 
I mean, that would be like Facebook saying if you're going to post um, pictures and videos on our platform, you can no longer post any pictures or videos on Twitter or Instagram. Like, as a content creator, you would, why would you, like, you're cutting your arm off because there's all these other social platforms you need to expose yourself to. Same thing as a developer. If I made a game, I would try and get it on itch.io, Steam, you know, Epic, whatever platform or Humble Bundle. I would have it on every platform that I possibly could, not just for money, but for exposure. I put videos on YouTube, not be, I, I'm not even a, um, whatever partner or what like you need a thousand so i don't even have a thousand subs i don't put videos on youtube for money i put them on there for exposure i use twitter for exposure i don't actually even like twitter but you use all the platforms that you can to broaden your reach so when someone googles hit the bucket podcast they find you right and as a developer i don't know i it just it wouldn't make sense to me to do an exclusive deal especially you know I think maybe they're missing out on how how important exposure is like look at hades i mention that game to people all the time and they're like what's that no one's ever heard of the game unless i'm like oh it's this really cool you know roguelike game made by the same people who made bastion and they're like dude that sounds fucking amazing like why haven't i heard of this game because they like bastion they like roguelikes never it's heard of the it's game on the epic game store so they they completely lack the exposure that being on Steam and these other platforms would offer them. If mm -hmm. now if you do an epic exclusive, that means you can't put it like on a humble bundle or or a humble monthly or anything either, right? Yeah, that's one of the things a lot of people like put on the comparison. When you there you there's no way to buy a key from the Epic Store. So unless you have a separate way to sell keys like through your own website that you can give to the humble bundle, there's no way to through it through through the Epic launcher. Whereas Steam provides you all the keys through it through its service. Yeah, and uh, you know they people have have been arguing that Epic has a roadmap where they're going to be adding a bunch of that stuff, but it's like yeah, but in the meantime they're just like, you know, like he said in this comment here, they're just using their Fortnite money to push their way in and just bully their way into the market, and then they're like, oh, we'll add these features later, we promise, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, and it's like. There's Steam, Origin, Uplay. I'll count the Twitch launcher just because it sells games. It does. You can buy games through it. That's true. And they probably get some type of deal through, uh, you know, the the promotional stuff for mm -hmm. uh, Twitch Prime. So let's see. Any other any other launchers that you can buy games through? GOG. So, um, does GOG have a launcher? I think they might have like an I, optional launcher, but you can just download yeah, yeah, they the have game an optional files. Launcher. Yeah, because the big thing about gog is the uh, drm free games right that's like their main selling point so if you just look at those five they have five examples to look towards for features that people like to see and would be great to have on a platform but instead they just release a super bare bone storefront with no features and then just buy titles for it you can't even sort or index or search through the games i've I... no, no they just added a search bar oh they did barely works but it's there all right well whatever there's so little titles on the service that it just it doesn't work did you see that picture that uh oh you posted it i thought i thought uh, gator pete posted it i thought that was a pretty oh, the, good the borderlands picture yeah i was gonna pull that up too zoom in here borderlands 3 coming 2020 april 2020 <laughs> hashtag fuck the epic store 
Let's see if it trends. Hopefully it trends. Let's get that hashtag trending. I, uh, yeah. I would love for someone to provide some legitimate competition to Steam, but not like this. And, mm-hmm. you know, we could, we could sit here and complain about it all day. But those are just the points I wanted to make. Um, if you, I will plead with you if you are a small to even medium size developing whether you're a one-man job you're a small studio or team or whatever and you're you're a publisher whatever think about exposure please you like it, the money i know up front it's like cool here's a bunch of money but if nobody plays your game what's the point as a creator like i it doesn't make sense to me like okay cool you walk away with some cash but what about when you make your next game and they're like who are these guys Oh, they mm-hmm. released that game two years ago. What game? Like, in the world of social media, reputation matters, and you're not doing your any, yourselves any favors by taking all this money and dropping it on Epic Store. So. Mm-hmm. Like, the best example of that, like, you can see was, what was it? Uh, what was it called? It was uh, made by the same devs of FTL. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um freaking a i bought that game too and i played yeah, it quite a- like, the name just wasn't as you know what keeps popping into FTL. my head is end hall <laughs> that's the name that keeps popping in my no head. that's that's the that's the super polished indie title by our mormon game developer friend you heart beast mm-hmm. he was streaming earlier today i know I, I was watching him i i i told him that i games yeah what's that game called i'm looking for it. i'm looking for it uh reveals its new game what's the title into the breach That's yes it. it doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue just like ftl faster than light it's like into the breach it's like sure it's like it's actually that's a phrase you hear like a lot in like sci-fi movies like oh they're entering the breach but when you put it on the title it's not too great but even the devs subset games when they advertised into the breach they put in the marketing from the developers of FTL faster than light because they knew the reputation. Yeah, everyone loved, everyone had like such a great, like pretty much everyone said, oh, FTL is like this great roguelite, like space sim- space voyaging game. Everyone loves it, but it's like marketing the new one if they just put it out there into the breach and it's just like made by subset games. It's just like, well, who's that? Like, why does that mean anything? But when you put from the developers of FTL and it gives you that idea that envisioning of like this great game from the past that you played a few years ago it changes everything right it's immediate brand recognition I mean that's ultimately what is going to make or break a studio in the future you know whether you for better or for worse the reason people keep buying madden games is because they were fans of previous madden games (laughs) you know if someone every time someone tries to compete in that marketplace and come out with some other football game sometimes it does all right it usually doesn't like people usually just stick to what they know because of reputation almost entirely because of word of mouth and reputation Mm -hmm. and then when you change genres as well it, it lends a little bit of credibility like i remembered uh an IT auditor came into my one of my classes to talk about auditing, but he's also a gamer, so he like threw in some of those references to know to, to be hip with the kids. And he said 
he dipped his toe in a fault 76 even though he was like kind of iffy about it because he remembered growing up and saying like okay they've clearly demonstrated that moving from fallout 2 to fallout 3 that they could that they could actually you know handle like such a change in genre so maybe they'll do the same thing here they didn't but that little bit of credibility that he remembered from those previous titles builds credibility towards the next one right yep um i was trying to think of a i was trying to think of more examples in other mediums as well even like could you imagine if uh let's say that uh hmm who's a good example I'm trying to think of a well-known director that we could uh Okay, so let's say Guillermo del Toro released his first four movies. Let's say like, you know, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Hellboy. I, just, I don't know. Look him up. He's, he's done a lot of really popular indie, you know, cult. He, he was indie and then he made a name for himself. And now, you know, he did like Pacific Rim and shit. But let's say he, he released his first like three or four movies exclusively on Hulu. Right? Like he, he just they Those were aren't movies, Jimmy. Those are video streaming <laughs> services. <laughs> we'll get into that later. God, dude, that pissed me off. I, I lost so much respect for Spielberg for that. No, but let's just say Guillermo del Toro released his first four major motion pictures exclusively on Hulu, right? And then he comes a few years later and uh tries to drop a movie like into theaters. Right, his first like just out of nowhere, some passion project of his. He just releases it in films, and he comes out and he says, "Yeah, hey, I'm the guy who did Pan's Labyrinth." And half of the world goes, "What's Pan's Labyrinth?" Because <laughs> they don't even pay for Hulu, right? Like, how? how... Well, they, David Bowie was in it. <laughs> That's the marketing <laughs> from the guy that directed the film that had David Bowie in it. That's the labyrinth. I'm talking about Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, I am totally confused. Feels bad, man. <laughs> you threw in Somebody Hellboy. Somebody clipped that. I immediately started thinking of, of David Bowie. Because who's the actor in Hellboy? Um, Ron Perlman. That's it. So I started thinking of that. My mind was just like, hey, remember these other cool actors you like in films? Remember David Bowie? That's not, hilarious. Not even a... Not even a how, how red is James's face right now for confusing the labyrinth and Pan's labyrinth? I hope I hope we're taking all the clips right now. Um, Anyway, no, but Pan's Labyrinth was that creepy. It was like Guillermo del Toro's first movie, uh, first major movie. Like, in fact, it's not even in English. Um, uh, It's Spanish with subtitles, I believe. And it was like this huge box office. Like, you know, he just impressed the shit out of everyone. It had a lot of. practical special effects you know he he's one of those guys who tries to avoid using cgi as much as possible he likes a very like organic uh tangible feel to his characters and his worlds and you know i have mad respect for him i I like a lot of his stuff he also did the tv series the strain i'm a huge guillermo del toro del toro fan but i'm just saying he he did the strain yeah him and Mm -hmm. uh what's his bucket uh neil gaiman was it neil gaiman i think an author i think him and uh, an author did that one together. But uh, my point being, he made a name for himself because Pan's Labyrinth came out 
and just was all over the place, right? But if he had released that exclusively to Hulu or some, you know, streaming platform, I don't even know if all, I mean, I think Hulu exists when that movie came out. It's been around for a while, but it was not Neil Gaiman. I don't remember who it was. It was an author. I think The Strain was originally a book or a, a graphic novel or something. Anyway, long-winded way of saying exclusives are generally a bad idea. Uh, money, cool. You're going to get some cash up front. But if no one sees it, what's the fucking point? Like, you're not going to... You, as an artist you want as many people to see your art as possible and you want to make a name for yourself that's all i'm saying so i was just drawing a parallel to a, a different medium besides video games where like that would never be something that someone would choose to do look at all like if we go look at like hulu exclusive movies i can't i i wonder what i don't even know what's on there <laughs> they're probably it's mostly like, not good like i have access to hulu only because Spotify bundled it together with my subscription, but I have no reason to go to Hulu. It's like, you have nothing I want to watch. Apart from it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I know they still have that, I'm pretty sure. So out of all their all their titles, it's probably the only one I'd actually use it for. Hulu and Netflix actually have pretty good films on them. Netflix, I will agree to an extent. They've had a the the thing so Netflix is all about just quantity right they're like if we just fucking they crank out originals <laughs> if like... we shit out enough content there's gonna be a few golden turds in there right like there's some That's really not show. good ones though too they just have so much money that they'll pay any studio with an idea and just crap it out so like there's so many netflix exclusives that like i almost feel like you're swimming in a sea at this point you know mm-hmm. for, for every stranger things there's a hundred other Netflix originals you have never seen. Well, and I'm not talking about the series. I'm talking exclusively about the films. No, I just I'm just talking about like originals. Ge- yeah, in, in general. general, Netflix originals. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of at this point. I think Netflix is going to be one of those things like Twitch, where like the one the 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 early ones, the ones who were like the first exclusives, are probably going to be the ones who benefited most from it. Because eventually, it's not going to mean anything special if you're a Netflix exclusive. Because there's going to be thousands of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think you'll run into the same problem there. If you if you pigeonhole yourself to Netflix, you'll get some views. And maybe for that, it's a little different because the 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 price to entry for a major for like getting your movie on screen, mm-hmm. there's a much larger gap there, right? The, yeah, the cost of entry is like yeah. millions of dollars. Like you first, you got to get it made. Then you got to get it to film festivals and you got to sell it to try and sell it to studios and all that stuff. Whereas with games, you literally can just pay a hundred bucks and have your game published on steam. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different comparison. It's probably a lot cheaper and easier to get something put on Netflix than to get it in films. But I still don't think it's a good idea to pigeonhole yourself into one platform. Mm-hmm. And then that that comparison also points to one of the ideas that would be great if Epic was doing this. Each platform is developing their own content to be more competitive than the other one. Right. The di- it's like the difference would be like if Netflix was just like we're we're going to buy Avengers Endgame 
and make it a Netflix exclusive. Well, and that's, that's what that's basically what Epic's doing. That's what Disney's doing, and that's why everyone's so fucking pissed at Disney because Disney said once their streaming platform is done, it's going to be all exclusive, all the Disney movies. Um, they have shitty practices anyway. I hate the fact that they put they movies do, yeah. in the vault. What the fuck is that? It's we live in the mm-hmm. digital era. This whole idea It's in the vault, Jimmy. You can't you can't buy those films anymore. Yeah. Just deal with it. Like the the false market scarcity that they create by putting shit in the vault is so stupid. Uh mm-hmm. anyway, I'm that's a tangent that I could probably talk about for 10 minutes, but Disney's doing the same thing. They're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to create our own streaming platform. They're buying up all these studios so that they can just have exclusive rights to them and put them on their own str- like it's so obvious like Disney movies, Marvel, you know, um uh Star Wars plus like all the Disney Junior shows, like all the kids shows uh and then Disney like DX um and then what didn't isn't that Fox deal happening right now? Aren't they basically buying Fox? You know the right? Fox acquisition for like fifty million dollars or something? Yeah, it's also they can just put it on their streaming platform and charge a premium for it and and just say, What well, this is the only place you can get it now. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. But I don't know. What are you gonna do? I don't know. But have... it's Disney. Happiest place on earth. <laughs> I don't have billions of dollars to, uh, to fight. Just go to Disneyland. They're going to open up their own movie theaters where you can only watch Disney exclusive movies. That would be one. That'd be interesting. Didn't I mean that that used to be a thing, though. Uh, film companies like major media companies used to own theaters. It was very common. Like in in my hometown there, it's still there because they renovated it. But there's a Fox theater. Hmm. Uh, it's called the Fox Theater. You know, it, it wasn't uncommon. But Disneyland is so great. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you in the 1% and you can afford to drop $400 for... <laughs> for a meal. <laughs> Not even the ticket. Yeah. It's they, they really know how to sell an experience and make you pay a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Well, and that and it completely it's completely contrary to what Walt Disney like envisioned, right? He wanted it to be this affordable place that everyone could go and shit. It used to cost like they used to have little it it wasn't you didn't pay to get in. It was originally you bought a little book that had tickets for the rides and and the books were like dirt cheap. They were like a buck or whatever. And you could just like you, there was different books that gave you access to different rides. My grandparents um, got married the same year that Disneyland opened. So like when Disney had their big 50th anniversary, it was my grandparents' 50th anniversary, and uh, they have like they still have a lot of those old like original stuff from because I think they went there on their honeymoon or something. Mm. So it's it's really cool to look at some of the stuff that they've kept over the years because they share you know the same <laughs> uh, anniversary as as Disneyland. They live in the L.A. area, in the Burbank area. So, I mean, that's kind of spits on everything that I like. It, it was, yeah, it was supposed to be this affordable place that friends and family could go and just have a magical experience and now it's like yeah you can come uh it'll cost you like a month's rent Mm -hmm. in some cases for some people 
I just rolled lucky, and my godmother works there. Ooh, there so you I'm go. just like, hey, can I? so I have this girl, and I want to take her to Disneyland. Can I get two all access tickets to like Disneyland and Adventure Park? Yeah, yeah, I'll pick them up when when I see you there. Thanks, and then just hooks me up. Oh, did they officially change the name to Adventure Park? Wasn't it California Adventure? It's something like that. I'm I, not, knew- I don't remember if they changed it. I knew they were trying to get rid of the California branding. Mashif would probably know. He's a fucking Disneyland nerd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she, she works for the hotel. So, like, she has access to the tickets to, to schmooze guests. So, that just means she can slide me too. Yeah. And I go on my way. Because right, well, yeah, otherwise, those tickets are like. Those tickets are like full access, every ride, fast passes. They are not cheap. So, to get those for free. Ooh. So what you're saying is you want to get uh, some tickets for me and Lady Navio for our uh, wedding present, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Deal, I'll it's, take it. That's that's a few months away. I got I I could probably work something out. Yeah. I mean, do you want to be invited or I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you saying I'm not invited to me? Not if I don't I get tickets. I gave my address. What was that for? <laughs> no, yes, you're You're on the you're on the short list. Um so what have you been up to, man? We we kind of jumped straight into a rant there, uh, but uh, it's been a couple yeah, weeks. We kind of veered off from like launchers from Epic being scummy to platforms being competitive to Disney being anti-competitive. It's a stream of consciousness. That's how, you know, it's the podcast. We're just going to mm. go with it. I'm channeling my inner Joe Rogan. Mm. But yeah, Evan pretty good some solid games have been coming out you know pax east happened was it last week or two weeks ago um i feel like it was last week oh yeah because so it was pax east last week and the game developers conference two weeks ago that's why it happened really close so i've been playing Sekiro, and then they just and then you showed me before i saw it get dropped on the Gearbox panel at PAX, that Risk of Rain 2 was going to be available right now. Yep. Oh, did I beat you to the PAX announcement? You did, yeah. As soon as like you messaged me about it, I was like, oh, really? Risk of Rain 2? I love the first one. And then I was watching the stream, and then the guy comes out, starts talking about Risk of Rain 2, and, and then it's going to be available on Steam right now for $20. Buy one, get one free. And I was like, Jimmy beat Jimmy beat the announcement to the punch. <laughs> he was yeah. faster than than the announcement. Yeah, I don't know how I found out so quick. I think I was I was on Twitch, I think, and I saw I either I, I either saw a Reddit post or I saw someone on Twitch streaming it. And then someone in the comments was like, It's out right now. And so I went to the website and I was like, Oh shit, like it just came out of nowhere. Like, I wasn't watching PAX at all. I was at work and I would just happen to have a stream or like a Reddit page up or whatever. So I mm-hmm. messaged you. I was like, I was so surprised because <laughs> Risk of Rain 1 was like pretty popular. So prejudice when you told me like, hey, it's out right now. And I had, I had heard nothing. Yeah. I was like, wait, really? That, that's so odd. And then the announcement came like two, three hours later on the stream. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Because I, I, was, I was watching someone stream it and then someone in the comments was like, it's out. And I so I and then someone in the comments was also like, yeah, it's buy one get one. And that's why I messaged you, because I figured you'd be down to go have these on it. Yep. And then 
this is a message to all devs. If you want people to buy your game, just think about the current price. So like if you're selling it for $10, right? Just increase it to 15 and then have a buy one, get one sale. Yep. You're going to make so much money. Dude, I like that's why I pulled the trigger. I was like, oh, it's 20 bucks. Or is it 15 or 20? It's 20 right now. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's 20 bucks. Uh, but I get an extra copy and I can play with a friend, especially online multiplayer games. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I haven't pulled the trigger. What's that game called? Uh, I think Pummel Party is missing out on a real opportunity because I would have bought that game a while ago if they had like a two pack or a four pack. Mm hmm. Um, cause it's I a- always feel super tempted to just buy like the four pack of any game if it's available. Cause well, then it's like, Oh, I can just give these away to people. And now I have people to play it with. Yeah. Especially when it's a party game. Like if like mm-hmm. pummel party is like a Mario party style game. So why would I buy a copy for myself? And then I have to convince all my friends to buy it too. Like that doesn't make sense. If you want people to adopt your game, like you said, just, Give like buy three get one free. That those used to be really common on Steam, and I I don't know why they faded out. Like they used to be able to get like they would have a game for like let's say ten bucks, but you could buy four copies for thirty bucks. Like they would give you one of the copies for free. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember uh, Terraria like started out with that one. Yeah, and like it just doesn't make sense why you don't do that. Because I'm not going to buy Pummel Party unless I know for a fact I'm going to have friends to play it with. I'm not going to like just, you know, random cue that game. It's a party mm-hmm. game. It's a game you want to play with your friends. Yeah, especially a lot of those like B-tier games that don't really have a lot of substance, like a stick fight. It, I know I only bought it because it, it was either buy one copy or buy the four pack at a discount. And right. I was like, well, I'm not playing this alone. Might as well buy the four pack and give it to people. Or just make it dirt cheap and people will buy more copies. Like I it, that that's what I did with Duck Game. I, like every time if someone's like, Yeah, I'll play it, but I don't have it, and it like that game's always on sale. I've been able to pick that game up for like two bucks, four bucks, five bucks. And whenever it's on sale, I'll just buy some copies and give them to people because I enjoy it. It's a fun little game and it's goes on sale often enough that I can usually just gift copies to people mm-hmm. so that I have friends to play with <laughs> or do what Jackbox does. I think more games should do that where like one person can buy a copy. So, and just like everyone can connect to their game, mm-hmm. especially for the party games. Like it just makes sense. Even if you charge more, like if they charge 60 bucks for pummel party, but I could host games for all my friends I'd probably pay for it rather than paying 20 bucks and, and then have to convince all my friends to also pay 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's actually what I liked a lot about, uh, was it the, yeah, it was, uh, super Mario bros, super Mario bros, smash brothers for the Wii U. I owned it. And then, so it's like, okay, so I own the console. I own the game. So obviously I can play with three other people with controllers, but then they also said, Oh, so if people also have it for the 3ds, they can actually connect it to your Wii U and they can play as well. That's pretty cool. And they didn't even need the game. It just functioned as more controllers because it went up to eight players. Yeah. And there's some games on the 3DS that work that way too, where you can buy one copy and you, and then if like, if two of you have a 3DS, you buy one copy and then the other person can download just like the, the, the part of the game that they need to be able to play it multiplayer. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the DS had that. I remember uh, Mario Kart had it. Yeah. You basically, like, it was just search for Wi-Fi play. They'd connect to you. It would basically give them, like, the bare bones, like, the map. They could only play as, like, comic. But they still had full access to the game. Yeah, they could play the game. And you don't have to go out and buy, you know. If you've got two kids, anytime they want to play a multiplayer game and you got to shell out for two copies of the game, like, that, Mm -hmm. you know, that gets old real quick. I was scrolling through our Discord channel, and I just saw that. Uh, you watching porn by yourself? I wish I could play that. That's such a good one. No, I'm with my boy. And it's like 50 people in the background. <laughs> we have a really good clip in the Discord, but it has titties, so I can't play it on the podcast. So it's not legal. Maybe yeah, so we need you. Know, so. That's if there's one thing that we should have a Patreon for. It's for like the the. Uh, hit the bucket after hours. Maybe we'll do like a, an extra side podcast for 30 minutes where we talk about all the shit. We can't actually talk. <laughs> like, and we'll just host the video files ourselves and make them like not safe for work or something. That'd be, mm-hmm. that'd be the only possible reason I could justify doing something like Patreon, some exclusive after dark hit the bucket content. Mm-hmm. So for the past two weeks, I've been pretty much just playing Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and Risk of Rain 2. So what do you think of... now? I Honestly, I've had very little time to actually play Risk of Rain 2. I've been so damn busy. I've been wanting to play it with you. But uh, what do you think? Have you? Do you think it was pretty true to the original formula? Yes. I was actually quite surprised. Because when, when you... When you pitched it to me, it's Risk of Rain, but th- when, and when I saw it, Risk of Rain, but third person, I was like, I don't know how well that's gonna work. How do you go from a a two D side scrolling roguelike to a fully three D world and still like maintain all of the magic and like how the characters work and all that? Yeah, but they nailed it yeah. perfectly. Like it's the the combat's responsive. They've rework the characters so they work in a 3d environment while still retaining like the identity of those characters right and each character has very defined strengths and weaknesses compared to each other character and all the balancing kind of goes out the window when you start stacking an item like a lot but getting a bunch of items and just overflowing your item bar and being an insanely powerful dps machine it just feels so good. And now that it's in three dimensions, it's just like it it flows so much better. Yeah, when you black hole an entire horde of enemies and then blow them all up at once, like mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I um so I the the guy that I was watching stream it when I found out that it was released, I went back and watched him like uh yesterday or today, may was it it may have been this morning even actually. And just seeing how much progress he's made as far as just understanding the game mechanics and like, like you said, loading up on the right items and he has all the characters unlocked and it, yeah, it it looks like, it looks like it did maintain that feel, that magic that the original had. Yeah. Like you'll have a bunch of shitty runs and then you'll just get on that one run where you get like. Everything just lines up. You mm-hmm. got like you got like five pairs of shades, so everything's a crit, and like you just. I was so disappointed. I had a, an amazing run. I was at like the one hour mark, 
but I had to I had to kill myself because to unlock one of the characters, you you er, not a race, you annihilate your existence by sacrificing yourself at an obelisk. It's how you unlock one of the characters, and I was so distraught because I was like, this run is so going so good, but I don't have the character yet. So I had to annihilate myself at the obelisk and unlock him. Why didn't you just do it on a different run? I guess if you have so, the opportunity, you might as well. If you have the opportunity, yeah. Because that's that's also one of the things I liked about the first one, and they've incorporated that very well into the second one. Basically, how you unlock characters has been very fluid. Because you start off with the base dude. I forget what his name is. You start off with the base dude, and then to unlock the second character... All you have to do... Don't you have to repair like 40 drones or something? Oh, no, no. That's just an achievement. To get through this... To pass... To unlock the second character, all you have to do is beat five, basically, rounds. They don't have to be in the same run. Yeah, I thought the engineer you had to like repair 30 drones or something. No, the engineer is beat like... He's beat a lot more rounds. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But he has a specific achievement that's tied to him that you have to repair a bunch of drones oh, to, okay. like, with his character specifically. So to unlock the, the robot multi, so it's just beat five rounds. To unlock the Huntress, it's beat the third round without dying. Then Engineer beat, like, 15 or something round, maybe 25. I know it's just a big number. Then the Mercenary is obliv- obliterate yourself at the obelisk which a lot of people thought it was random because you have to go through a portal. Okay. But it's actually, you basically have to get to the third stage for a second time. So you have to go through all the first four stages, loop back to the first and get back to the third. So it can be kind of difficult, like especially if you're starting out. And then the artificer is just get a bunch of these lunar coins. I have a random percent drop chance. So just play a lot and get lucky. But the, since they space it out like that, and it's mostly based on duration it just makes it you as you progress further into the game, you unlock each character, so it feels like you're getting more new stuff. Yeah, the longer you play, and it feels very good. Makes sense. That's awesome. Although I'm garbage with the huntress, so I do not play her. I'm. I don't even. I think I may have unlocked one other character besides the main one. Like I said, I I haven't had as much. I've been watching a lot of it. I haven't had as much of a chance to play it yet. Um. Because I've been exercising. Hey, <laughs> what a segue! Yeah, no, I. Uh, so I mentioned it before. I've been uh, on this whole getting myself back into not being a fat piece of shit mode, and uh, that involves. I haven't drank since Sunday, so that's good. Um, I know. I said I was going to stop two weeks ago when I <laughs> talked about that book. But uh, it's been significantly less, so that's awesome. Uh, and I feel like the more I talk about it publicly, like on the podcast and stuff, I think I'll, I'll hold myself to it a little better. But uh, So I haven't drank since Sunday, and I've been to the gym like three or four times uh, since the last podcast. I'm ramping up. I want to go like – I'd like to go three times a week, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm really trying to make an effort to uh, – be the best version of myself for the wedding, which is in October. So mm-hmm. you could just do what some of my friends that go to the gym do that are crazy. You know, you wake up at four thirty, go to the gym from five a.m. to six, 
or 6.30 and then get on with your day like you do normally. <laughs> no, sir. I have zero desire to do that. I enjoy my morning. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they do it. Something wrong with them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how anyone can willingly wake up at 4 in the morning to go to the gym. You got to go to bed at like 8 o'clock. I mean, how uh, uh, how else do you maintain that? Because working out takes a, a physical toll. Like mm-hmm. the the reason I haven't worked out more is because the first few times I went, I was just drained. Like I needed more than eight. I usually can survive off of like six hours of sleep when I'm not doing physical activity because my body doesn't need it, you know. But mm-hmm. when I'm exercising, man, I'll sleep for like eight, ten, twelve hours, and like your body just needs it. So I I don't know how those morning workout people do it but i it's definitely probably not at least not right now maybe once i get in the rhythm i can start doing that but Mm -hmm. just doing a pseudo keto diet again uh trying to stop drinking and go to the gym at least two or three times a week so nothing crazy i'm not doing like uh what was that old that that crazy workout that everyone was doing for a while p90x (laughs) (laughs) nothing seven minute abs yeah not none of that crazy stuff i did p90x once and it's fucking it's hard it is not it is not an easy workout to do i feel like i'd be so hungry on a keto diet um i mean if you know what to eat dan 3ffa in uh, chat said that by the way uh if you know what to eat and once you get used to it it's actually pretty you when you eat, you don't get hungry the same way you do when you eat carbs. Mm-hmm. Like you get, Once you beat the cravings for carbs, that's when you start like you're all right. But you got to get past that hump. Yeah, because the the state of ketosis is an actual like physical metabolic. It's a change in your body. Then it's something that you can actually test. Uh, you know, they make a kit where you can test if your body's in keto or not. And and being in keto means you're burning fat. Instead of carbs. Yo, you want this? Yep. Uh, sorry, Lady Navio. Uh, <laughs> there's something on my desk she wanted. Um, your body literally switches to a mode of burning fat for fuel instead of carbohydrates. Uh, it uses ketones. That's why it's called ketosis. And so it changes everything like about the way your body works. <laughs> And so you don't get hungry the same way you get hungry, but it's not that like insatiable craving hungry that you can never fulfill. Like when you eat carbs, you just want more carbs. No matter how full you are, you could still like fit some ice cream or you like, you could, you just always want them. Then that goes away when you, when you're in ketosis. So it's interesting if you can actually do it, it's hard to start. But once you get it going and the cravings go away, it's very sustainable. Mm-hmm. But Especially, get- I've seen a, a lot of people that when they do it and they stick to it for a while, the results are very clear. And it comes a lot faster than other diets because it's very much a controlled diet. Some exercise. It's just, it's like a, another way, it's like a new way of living. So it's a lot faster than just being like, okay, I'm going to, Maybe go to the gym and just try like to eat healthier. Right. Yeah. And it also has the benefit of just like supposedly, I mean, I don't, this is all anecdotal. Um, I don't know if there's any scientific studies on it or not, but uh, it's supposed to be healthier for your brain too. 
like there 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 are starting to be some correlations between a lot of the unhealthy eating that we do and some of the brain diseases like alzheimer's and stuff like that like on these carb heavy diets like it's basically point like <laughs> insulin is not good for your brain in large quantities um and that's what happens with uh carbohydrates right your in your insulin level spikes every time you eat like sugar or whatever and then you crash um and it's really bad for your body and your brain and like your eyes and shit so they're oh. saying that like a ketogenic diet is actually better for like your overall organ health as well like especially specifically your brain which is made made mostly of fat tissue hmm. so, so what i'm hearing is I really got to stop inhaling those four by fours every time I go back to California. <laughs> no, you can have, they have protein style. You just got to. I'll just get rid of the bread. Yeah. Now get, we're talking. I get protein style all the time at In-N-Out, dude. I, and they wrap it up in lettuce. A lot of places are doing that now. Carl's Jr., uh, Hardee's for you people out uh, out east, eastward. Uh, they... I'll never call it Hardee's. <laughs> Sorry. They, I'm in the East, never calling it Hardee's. It's not right. Uh, McDonald's will do it. A lot of places now you can get it. Uh, they, some of them call it different things like lettuce wrap or whatever, but uh, in and out they call it protein style. If you specify, they'll, they'll probably know how to do it. Yeah. Like it's not that hard to say no buns, just wrap it in lettuce. Exactly. But yeah, the only thing you have to be careful with is uh, some of the sauces. They can have a lot of carbs in them. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, it's surprising. I remember seeing like how ketchup is made and I'm like, all right, so we take, you know, some tomatoes, some other stuff, one cup of sugar. And you're <laughs> like, what? A metric butt ton of sugar. Yeah. People don't, especially American ketchup. It is like, yeah. It, if you look on the bottle, like the second or third ingredient is sugar or like fructose corn syrup. If you know, depending on the quality of the ketchup, but yeah, there's a lot of sugar in it. Mm -hmm. I remember because Vermont's very like health focus. So the first time I bought something without really looking at the label, because it's just like, oh, this is peanut butter. And then I tasted it. I was like, this, this is candy. This, this doesn't taste any. No, it was actually quite the opposite. Oh, oh. Like, nothing like peanut butter. I yeah. look at the ingredients. It's peanuts, salt. I was like, this, this ain't right. Where's all the stuff that, where are all the artificial sweeteners? <laughs> This ain't my Skippy. Um, yeah. No, there's sugar in everything in America. The, I think the two condiments that you're safe with you generally are uh, mustard. There's, I think there's like maybe one carb in mustard. Uh, and most ranches, especially the good quality ranches. So they're like, there's two kinds of ranches. There's the perishable kind that you find in your salad section, like that's in the fridge at the store. Uh, and then there's the kind that sits on the shelf <laughs> that does not need to be refrigerated. Uh, you're going to get a different quality of between the two. Like, I, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the brands that you refrigerate, um, like the Bob's big boy or the, uh, Marie calendars. They make, uh, they make like the, the good quality ranch that's in the fr fridge section or in the, like the produce section and they usually have less carbs because they use like better ingredients and fattier because you either in most in most of those foods you either get your flavor from fat or from sugar 
And so it's generally one or the other. Same thing is true of like sour cream and cottage cheese. If you can find, sometimes the cheaper cottage cheeses are actually better because they use less sugar, but they have a higher fat content. So hmm. you, you want higher fat foods. Uh, you have to supplement the sugar in your diet with fat. And that's the mistake that most people make on keto is they don't eat enough fat. So, yeah, like eating like just spoonfuls of avocado and sour cream, cottage cheese. Like, mm-hmm. I remember seeing one post where a guy was like, you know, sometimes if I get a, a little bit of a craving, you know, I just eat a spoonful of oil. And I was like, there's probably a lot better ways to go about <laughs> this. But I mean, if that works for you, then I guess that's fine. Yeah, it's it seems counterintuitive because your whole life you're told like, you know, low fat foods, like, you know, the whole low fat craze of the 70s and 80s where it was like, oh, zero fat. And then it's got like 100 carbs in it. Like zero fat was the thing for the longest time because people thought that eating fat made you fat. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's like saying drinking blood gives you more blood. Like that's not how it works. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. fuel for your body. But anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's also like where it came from. So if they take fat out of the products, how do you get the flavor in there? You put more sugar. Exactly. Yep. So you got one or the other. Exactly. So I like it. It works for me. Um, I've done it before. Uh, and I, should I stop drinking blood? No, I mean, it's good. Um, just make sure you uh, maybe cook it first. <laughs> <laughs> Blood pancakes, yeah, you're yeah. feeling a little bit spicy. Uh, that was a nice keto tangent, but I'm not doing like full-blown keto. I'm not necessarily counting my, you know, because like hardcore keto, you're under 20 carbs a day, which is like pretty intense and it works, but I'm, Lady Navio's not doing keto. She's doing Whole30, which Whole30, you're allowed to eat fruit, so... You know, depending on what she makes for dinner, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> She's like, I made this meal. I'm, sorry, I'm like, man. sorry, it's not keto. Not um, today. So I'm doing keto for like breakfast and lunch, like eggs and sausage and cheese for breakfast, like, uh, you know, vegetables and a protein shake for lunch and then whatever Lady Navio makes for dinner. And it's working pretty well so far. We've only had one major temptation. There's a Little Caesars right next to our uh, gym. Ooh, that's dangerous. Yeah, like you literally walk out of the gym and it's just pizza smell. Just $5 pizza pizza. I swear it's a racket. I think they, they're in cahoots with each other. They probably are. I wonder how many people walk in there all sweaty in their gym clothes to buy pizzas. <laughs> Wait, now that I think about it, there's actually a Little, a little Caesars near the, the Choose Fitness Near my house in California. It's a racket, man. It's got to be. There's a conspiracy. See, they, they saw what Planet Fitness was doing about having the pizza just directly <laughs> in the gym. Pizza night. They said, all right, what if we catch people coming out of the gym? There you go. Yeah. So I'm not weighing myself either. I'm just going to hope for the best. And if I feel better and I look better, then I don't really... I. Whenever I weigh myself too often, I get discouraged. Mm-hmm. Especially because as you lose weight, you're like, oh, it's working. But then as you build up some of that muscle, it starts to plateau. And you're like, oh, nothing's really changing now. Until you actually start seeing the muscles on your body. Right. Yeah. I, and for me, a big one is just uh, clothes fitting better. 
Like uh-huh. I have half of the clothes in my closet don't fit anymore and I refuse to get rid of them because <laughs> then that's admitting defeat. I, I'd really like to try and cut some of the weight because I have some nice clothes that I bought when I was really in shape. And then like, I, I just stare at them in my closet. Like, just like that's I wear, my favorite shirt. I wear like the same four or five shirts over and over because I'm too fat to wear anything else or admit that I need to buy new clothes. The endless cycle. But yeah, that's what's going on with me. The book is good. I've made it through the uh, the, pre- the the preface, the preface, whatever you call it, and the introduction, and that's about it. But the introduction got me all hyped. So I haven't actually learned how to do it yet, but it, it told me why I should and why I should be excited about it That's uh, and why the book was written. So, you know, good introduction to get you all hyped up. And now I gotta now I gotta dive in. Uh-huh. Now you gotta read that first chapter. <laughs> it's always the hardest step is the that first hurdle. Mm-hmm. Starting anything is usually the toughest. Yeah, and then I've got this conference coming up this weekend that I can't talk about yet, but I'm excited about it. It's a potentially cool uh opportunity of something I might be able to be a part of, but mm. I don't, I hate talking about things and then they don't happen. Like, I, I think I've talked about quitting booze like three times <laughs> and then you just feel like an asshole and no one trusts you because you, you know, you put stuff out there and then it doesn't happen. So I'm not saying anything yet. Mm-hmm, I know that feeling. I put out a video like a year and a half ago saying how I was finally going to set an upload schedule and like. Like, okay, weekdays are going to be this type of video, weekend, this one, this type of video, and then Sunday, this type of video. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to this. Did it for like two, three weeks. Started like falling off of it. My friend that watches my videos never stopped giving me shit about it. <laughs> She's like, what happened to the schedule, James? You said it yourself. You said you were going to stick to it. What happened? Yep. Yep. I need to move this. It's like covering up my channel. Slouching. Um... It's hard, man. I mean, you put stuff out there because you hope that it holds you accountable. And then eventually mm-hmm. you just like, you end up feeling like an asshole. <laughs> like it, yeah. it, it doesn't, it's not productive in certain ways. Like when you, when you don't meet those goals, cause then you're like, oh man, everybody must hate me now. Mm-hmm. So Unless I, there's like a very real, like negative. True. It doesn't really motivate you enough to do it. Like I remember I, I was like, okay, these are the times I'm going to stream. I put the little like stream elements timer under my stream and then miss like a bunch of them because, you know, life happens where I'm just feeling lazy some days. And then it turns out my friend was like, you know, James, every time I'd go into a tune your stream, I'd like look at the schedule and it'd be like, oh, he should be live now, but you weren't there. <laughs> I was just like, oh. Yeah, I think I still have People my... People actually relied on it. Yeah. Speaking of which, you just reminded me that I'm pretty sure I still have my schedule on my Twitch page, and I don't, I, I haven't streamed on a Tuesday in a while. So, let me see here. Schedule, oof. God, don't look right now. <laughs> what is this? Tuesday, six p.m. to eleven p.m. Hmm. Nope. That's when I go yeah, to the gym. <laughs> I'd like to get some more in. Uh, I'd like to, I would like to go into work a little earlier. I'm allowed to go in as early as like 6.30 or 7 to work. And then I could get off earlier and try and go to the gym so I still have enough time to stream. 
uh, on those days, but I'm building up to that. Like I said, I've been too wiped the last few weeks of of so far to try and implement that. But I'm hoping once I once I make it a habit and my body gets used to it, mm-hmm. that I'll be able to recover a little faster and not need so much damn sleep. Yeah, because that's the big thing. Because nope. you you try to adapt to the new schedule and you just you're feeling drained all the time. Machine says, "Are we not worth it, Jimmy?" Hey, you know what? Like, I was tempted to stop the podcast too, but I said, "No, I'm not going to give up the one thing that I like started that I'm really enjoying doing, even though I could be using that time to finish a couple other projects that I have deadlines on. I'm not. I'm not going to give it up, even though." My editor moved on, and I have to edit them myself. So you're still somewhat worth it. I'm not gonna. Uh-huh. I'm gonna keep the podcast going. I also like having a place to just like vent and talk about shit that's been going on. So mm-hmm. I was getting a little bit worried. I was like, "Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy's telling me about things at work. He's got side projects going on. Frost left, so now he's got to do the work himself." Like he's missed a couple, so he's losing a bit of that motivation. What what if he ends it? Yeah. No, I'm not. Like this, this was his dream. And as long as I can fit in the few hours that it takes to at least get the Twitch VOD, you know, the editing is going to take a little longer. I, I used to pride myself in being able to crank them out like a couple days after. But uh, so, yeah, the editing period is going to be a bit longer. But I'm not going to quit. We're still going to do them. And, oh, uh, I guess we can officially make this announcement. Um, You know, Frost has indicated to us that he was moving on to other things, that he was trying to find another job, and he's just kind of tired of doing it. So, you know, we left on great terms. But on a positive note, uh, Gator Pete has decided to join the team in a kind of just – as needed basis um for example the the little crops for the thumbnails that are really tedious that i hate doing it's like the longest part of the process for me uh he has agreed to help me do those since he's got more photo editing experience than i do so he's going to help with the crops uh he's going to be a pseudo regular guest um we want to start we want to continue to have guests but it's really time consuming uh, I, to, you know, you reach out to 15 people and maybe one responds and then you got to set up a date and all that stuff. So um, there's Gator Pete's one of them. And there's a few other people that I have in mind to be pseudo regular guests. So if we don't have someone special coming in that week, we can maybe bring on like one of our pseudo regular guests to join us and have a third voice. Um, or, uh, also maybe a fill in from time to time, you know, if I'm sick or James is gone or something like that, you know, we can have someone else to come in and, and be that other guest. Um, so we can still get an episode out that week. So we're excited to have Gator Pete, uh, joining us. He's in our little discord chat and it's been nice to have a, a fresh voice. He's been fun to have in there and chat with, uh, but I'm still doing the video editing and I'm kind of actually enjoying it. And I've got a process down now. I think I'm going to be able to crank them out pretty quick. So hopefully that doesn't uh, get in the way too much. I'm going to try and get them out within a few days still, like I was before. Uh, as long as the only thing that can really hold that back is uh, copyright issues. 
That's the only part where it gets tricky because you think you got it all figured out and then you upload it and you get hit with a copyright notice and you got to like edit it and re-upload it. If you, unless you just, part of me is tempted to just like not fight those, but so far we have a very good track record of not having any copyright notices, except for the one episode where we did it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Um we've done a good job at steering clear of all that copyright shit. Cause if we ever do get a thousand, uh, you know, subscribers, it'd be nice to be able to start running a little, like, you know, even if it's just a little ad that goes across the bottom, maybe not the big annoying ones, but it'd be nice to have, you know, some ad revenue trickle in. But if, if we hit that sub mark of a thousand subs and all of our previous videos are copyright hits, you know, that's not going to start us off on the right foot. So I like taking the extra time to do it. I think it's worth it. Um, plus, you know, as much as I don't agree with some of YouTube's copyright policies, I also want to make sure that I'm giving uh, the original creators of the content uh, their uh, respect or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I'm going to preemptively copyright strike all the videos. Yeah, when I'm at 999, you're just going to go in and like report all my videos. That'd be that would not be nice of you, Mashif. I don't recommend you do that. So before break, uh James, you brought it up, so I figured we'll, we'll throw it out there and we'll talk about it a little bit. This whole Spielberg thing. Oh. What do you think of that? Did you read the article? I had saw a little bit about it before in a previous Reddit thread. Oh, okay. But I didn't look too deeply into it. I just saw it. Oh, the thread was, it was on the subreddit, our gatekeeping. Oh. (laughs) So that pretty much sums up my ideas about Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Seems kind of like an elitist move. I don't know. It it reminds me of some... it very much reminds me of the Lars Ulrich uh, Napster debacle, right? Like, yeah, Napster wasn't a legit streaming platform initially, right? You know, it was people pirating music. Mm-hmm. But you had a lot of, you know, artists. The The only people who were really mad were obviously the, the labels were fought it. Most of the copyright uh, lawsuits that came from the whole Napster thing were from like the major studios like Sony and uh, yeah, the publishers, right? The publishers and, and recording studios and, and uh, distributors and all that stuff are the ones that were pissed. A lot of the artists were like, cool, more people are hearing my music, you know? And uh, I, I lived through that. And I remember like Lars Ulrich from uh, Metallica, like straight up outspokenly just, was very, very, very much against any online redistribution of Metallica's copyrighted content. And uh, he never actually like fully recovered from that. A lot of people still hate him to this day because he, he was a huge proponent in shutting down Napster. Um, a lot of people were saying, well, Hey, there's this new technology. How can we leverage this? Like, you know, obviously downloading and streaming is the thing of the future. Like let's work with, you know, what the people want and all this stuff. But Lars was just like, no, fuck that. Go buy the record. 
you know, pirating and downloading MP3s is not like we did not give anyone permission to do this, like lawsuits. Like he was very, very outspokenly against the online distribution stuff. Uh, so coming back around to this whole Spielberg thing, Spielberg basically came out and said that he doesn't think movies that come out on streaming platforms should be considered for Oscars. That basically what he's saying is they're not real movies. What I mean, that's what he's in the theater. It shouldn't be considered. That's that's the long and short of it is he's saying that's not a movie because you didn't release it in a theater. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much like the pinnacle of our gatekeep. Yeah. I mean, and of course, like like we talked about before, the cost of entry to even have your film in a theater is insane. And so obviously the rich ass fucker who, you know, was in at the right time and the right place to have his movies made by major studios is now going to be the guy who's like, well, I did it. Mm -hmm. Just pick your up just pick yourself up by the, by the bootstraps, yeah. dude. Come on. Yeah. It, <laughs> just like all the grandparents are like, I paid for my own college. Like bitch, it's not the same time. Things have changed. And if, if if some crazy brilliant you know movie director writer producer whatever has an idea and he can't afford to you know play the game on your level you're going to tell him that his movie's not a movie because he released it on Netflix mhm mm and then you're pretty much at just the disposal of the people with the money that are just like oh i liked your idea so i'm going to buy it from you <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's pretty gnarly. I love this <laughs> old man yells at Cloud. It's mm -hmm. it's pretty pretty poignant. But yeah, I I completely disagree with him. I and I I will agree that there is one argument he makes that I will agree with to an extent where he talks about the magic of cinema. You know, the experience of going somewhere, sitting in a room on a big screen and having a shared experience with a group of people, there is something kind of magical about that. And I have many fond memories of going to the movie theater as a child, and I still go occasionally for certain movies, but that doesn't change the fact that a moving picture with sound, whether or not that's a movie, just because of the screen it was played on. Mm -hmm. I, and that that's where I draw the line. Yes. Movie magic is a thing and I enjoy it. I enjoy going to live performances too. I love going like that atmosphere, uh, concert that I went to a few weeks ago with my friends was amazing. And everyone in the crowd was super into it. And there's something magical about that energy, you know, or whether it's a Broadway play or a musical, or even like a local melodrama, like, Sitting in a room full of people and laughing and singing and dancing is really awesome. But that doesn't change. Even if even if someone did a, a stage performance and recorded it and then uploaded it to, to Netflix, is that no longer a valid stage performance because you didn't see it live? Like, yeah, it's going to have a different feel, but it's still what it is. It's still a medium that should deserve to compete on the level that everything else is. I don't know. 
Mashif thinks the uh, magic of cinema is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, Mashif. It's like you go to the movie, you sit down, you got your popcorn, you're all ready, you're settled in, the ambience is there, you're fully into the film, and then some guy says, this movie sucks. He starts yelling from behind you. You know, you can't just take that part away from the, from the film experience. It's part of the magic. Yeah, the teenagers on their phones and uh, crying babies in a rated R movie. That's one that always <laughs> – that one kills me, dude. Like when you go to a obviously like PG-13 or rated R movie and there's like a two-year-old just like come, like whining the whole time. I'm like, first of all, why the fuck is this little kid like so much violence and terrible adult-centric things are happening on this giant screen right now and you brought a kid here? Second mm-hmm. of all, that is one thing I do like. There, there's a there's a chain of theaters in the Central Valley called Maya Cinemas, and a lot of their theaters actually have a booth. It's it's basically like a soundproof room with a window in the front of it, up in the back of the theater. Mm. It's a great idea. It's got like like maybe two or three rows of seats, like. Not even full rows, like half rows. It's a, it's boxed off in a little room, so all the people with crying babies and shit can just go in there and watch it through a glass window. <laughs> it's not a terrible idea, but I don't know. Get a babysitter. Like I, if if you're gonna plan to go to a th- movie, like there's all kinds of you know, have your mom come over and watch the kid, or use one of there's online babysitter services. There's there's baby Ubers online. <laughs> like the services exist that you don't need to ruin everyone else's experience and corrupt your child's mind. Mm-hmm. Theaters are missing out. If there was like, like if for an extra dollar or two, I could guarantee go into a theater and know that there's only like people 18 and up and willingly pay an extra premium to not have any children in there. Well, that's why a lot of places are doing the luxury theater thing now. Mm-hmm. There's a neighboring town to me that has one of those luxury theaters. And, uh, you know, because they serve uh, alcohol and uh, the way the seats are set up and everything, like you reserve your seat and they're they're literally like 18 or some of them are even 21 plus because they openly serve alcohol. It's not like... Uh, I don't know how they do that, but I know that like in some of them, they don't even allow kids because it's more of like a bar than a, a theater, but they, it's, uh, it's a theater slash bar. It's a bar that shows movies. Yeah, exactly. And that, I guess that's one way to keep kids out, but anyway, I, uh, I think Spielberg's an old cratchety, you know, maybe he needs to start doing, uh, you need to call up uh, Spielberg Mashif. He'll give you beef ideas. It sounds like he's at that point in his life where he's ready to just complain about stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely think Netflix movies should qualify for Oscars. And he's he, like, what was the movie? Um, it's in the title, Roma. right? Roma. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but it looks amazing. I watched part of the trailer. It looks like a very artistic uh piece of cinema magic and i think it probably deserves all of the credit it got and i think there is a requirement still even if you do put it on streaming i think it has to play in at least two theaters 
uh, it talked about it in the article. Uh, it has to play in at least one, like t- one or two theaters for a week. Oh, to be eligible? Yeah, for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Which I think if you just have it, if you just do a couple like one-off premiere nights or go to a couple film festivals, I think that can be enough to qualify you. I'm not sure. Um, so just put it in two theaters for like a day. Yeah. Only one screening. Yeah, it's right here. Currently, films do not need to run exclusively in theaters to qualify for Oscars, but they must play for one week in New York and Los Angeles and receive reviews in print newspapers. So Roma met those qualifications, and even still, Spielberg's making a big stink about it. Mm-hmm. So... And that just seems like such an such an old like requirement that really doesn't take any fact of it being digital these days. Because like, why does it have to be in New York and Los Angeles, and why does it have to be in a print newspaper? Yeah, well, I the New York and Los Angeles thing. I'm guessing just because those are like the industry hubs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, I get that one. You got Hollywood, and you got you know the you know the whole New York. Um, times you know that like i remember when they used to film trl live from times square you know it's like mm-hmm. it's always been the other media hub on the east coast so it makes sense you know to run your movies there um but yeah the print media one is weird i agree with you that's why <laughs> yeah that's it's like it's like are people really reading that in such large numbers are people really going to newspapers to read reviews yeah, it does. I, I don't know. TRL Live. I don't care if I'm dating myself. It was a that was like a huge social. I remember like bands would like if you got your song on TRL Live, that was it. You were you made it. The 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 top ten countdown. Mm-hmm. Now you could just go on YouTube and get two hundred thousand subscribers. TRL Live was like one of the last music-centric shows they had on MTV. Like that was, I remember that everything else was already like Sweet 16 and Real World and all that shit. Like TRL Live was the last genuine music top 10 like show on MTV, I think. And they held on to it for a while. And then it was gone. And then they made four more MTVs. Music left MTV. Yeah, I, I, I heard that they changed the name. It, like, supposedly, legally, MTV doesn't even stand for music TV anymore. MTV mm. is just its own name now. If I Just media television. I get, yeah, may, I could be wrong, but I thought Let's I heard see. that somewhere. Yeah, because I remember younger and just, like, tuning on MTV and just watching music videos. Yeah. That's what they did. Well, yeah, and then they had M2, and they were like, we promise M2 is only going to show music. It's going to be all music-centric content. And now M2 doesn't have any music left either. <laughs> like, they just, they're like, well, you know, reality TVs get more ratings. And so they just eventually, the music gets pushed out. But yeah, I, I think YouTube kind of replaced MTV in that, in that respect. Mm-hmm. Goddamn internet, just killing industries. Yeah, but making other ones. We w- without it's a net positive for society. Yeah, without the internet, we wouldn't have Justin Bieber. Right, You're really cherry picking there, Jim. <laughs> no. You're really going after a specific target, aren't you? I mean, I'm just saying that's the that's the magic of the internet. I you know, mm-hmm. all that talent. Bo Burnham. 
There's another. He he was. I I remember when I saw the first Bo Burnham video I ever saw on YouTube, and I was like, "Holy shit! A kid can't say this." I think he was only like 15 or something, mm-hmm, and he was time. he was saying some outrageous stuff, and I was like, "Where are his parents?" Like I just remember thinking, like, "How is it okay that this kid's saying this stuff on the internet?" Mm-hmm. And, it, and now he's directed his own film, got his name up there. That's a good movie, by the way. Uh, eighth See, grader wa- or whatever. Yeah, eighth grade. I want to watch it, but I'm a very empathetic person. And from what I've been, what I've been told about it, it's like if I watch this, I I won't make it through the first fifteen minutes. It's pretty. I mean, it's a it's slightly over exaggerated, but it's really not. Like it's pretty accurate to how like kids think these days. And you know, in the interviews and stuff, he talks about how he he's like you know back in when I was a kid. I just made choices based on what I wanted to do. And now kids look, look at themselves. He's like, basically kids today live in the third person. Like they always think about how do I look doing this? Or could this make a good picture on Instagram? Or like, they're basically constantly examining their own lives and themselves with every choice they make because of like social media influence. Mm hmm. Rather than just being like, I'm going to eat this donut because it tastes good. Like, you got to take a photo of it first. <laughs> right. Just or, the number of times my mom takes me out to eat something, like especially when I come back from when I'm at, when I'm at school, go back to eat something, food arrives, I start scarfing it down. She's like, Christian, I, sw- I was going to take a photo of that. <laughs> I was like, you ordered your own food. I'll let you take a photo of your own food, but don't try to stop me from eating. Yeah. No, that's crazy. I mean, and just like, you know, rather than, you know, I talk about when I was a kid, me and my friends used to just go out and skateboard all day. Nowadays, it would be, we'd all have phones in our pockets and it'd be like, hold on, hold on, take a video. I'm gonna do a kickflip. Like, rather than just practicing and skating around and having fun with your friends, it's all about like a 30 second how can skateboarding I, clip. How can I make content out of this? How, you know, how how can I portray this online? It's, it's every single thing like the the whole movies just demonstrates how everything they do they they think of through, through that filter mhm it's crazy yeah, they're always performing mm-hmm. always especially when they see like some of the kids their age that are doing that stuff like on youtube and are super successful and they're like well like what's stopping me from doing that right it's like it's not it's not quite that simple yeah well, and it sets a really, you know, we talk about um, unrealistic image standards, right? You know, we talk about, you know, perfect models and magazines and all that stuff, mm-hmm. unattainable beauty standards or whatever you call it. But the same thing is true, like what you're saying, not only do they look at that and say, why can't I do it? But then if they're not successful at it, like... You know, when, when all you ever see is the successful stuff, right? You see, mm-hmm. like you said, you see the 11-year-old who can play guitar, uh, who can play through fire and flames beginning to end. Uh, you, see, you see Instagram models who, you know, are taking trips to Bali and all this shit. And then, like, you don't see all the hard work or the negative stuff that they've went through to get there. And so you just look at that and say, well, why can't I have that? And then it just like instantly leads a lot of people down a road of depression. 
because they see uh-huh. everyone happy all the time and successful and they're like, well, I could do that. And then when they fail, they're just like, well, why, why can't I do that? Uh-huh. Although I do like the recent trend towards body positivity where there's a big subreddit called Instagram reality where they basically, if they want to call people out, they'll basically take someone from Instagram and say like Kylie Jenner and like take what she looks like in an Instagram photo and then compare it to like another photo taken of her candid yeah, and be like, oh, like this is how much fakeness there is, or the better ones are when a model like has like the perfect photo at the right angle, and then posts another image of herself just like being normal and being like, yeah, like this is what I actually look like. Yeah, or the another one that uh, Lady Navio follows this one account. It's yeah, she's a comedian, and she uh she takes like these famous like sexy poses of models and she recreates them, but like with her own body and clothes. And <laughs> obviously she like overdoes it a little bit, but she basically uh-huh. like tries to recreate it and it just looks terrible. It, the, those ones are pretty funny too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's another one that's funny too, is the, the one guy who has a com- uh, compilation. I think he may, might even have his own Instagram channel of him ruining other people's Instagram pictures where like they go to take their picture and he reaches over and like grabs their fork or their spoon and stirs it up right before they take their picture. Oh yeah. I've seen those. <laughs> those are pretty good too. Just like, cause it, it, it instantly like demonstrates how ridiculous it is and how uh, like the fact that they get so upset <laughs> at him mm. stirring their food while they're trying to take a picture. It's, it's gold. I love it. I love me a good troll. Especially one that shines a light on how ridiculous we are as, as human beings. So, yeah, I think, uh, long story short, the internet success thing, I think it's good. And I think people are getting better at being honest about, like like you said, the other side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as much as I have very mixed feelings about how mental health is talked about online. I think overall it's probably a good thing that people are being more open about that and the struggles that we all have in our lives. And, you know, uh, just like that. Yeah. Sometimes shit's shitty and sometimes mm-hmm. there's not even a reason for it. I just feel like crap today. And like the, those conversations are happening more and it's not all just, you know, rose colored glasses. I th- I think that's good. I think, but I think especially there's- when you think like no one, like you you think to yourself like oh no one else is experiencing this, and then someone that like you possibly look up to as comes out and says like yeah I deal with the same issues. Yeah, I think you have to be careful though because there's always opportunists and oh yeah you know there was a better help. Yeah, that whole better help thing that was pretty. I think we kind of talked about it before, but. That was kind of shady and you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're not the only one. There are definitely services uh, and, and individuals who will attempt to capitalize on other people's misery. So I think it, it's good that it's happening, but we need to be careful how we approach it and make sure that we're using uh, valid resources <laughs> and tried and it's, tested it's very techniques. Issue. Yeah, because there's no, there's no one size fit all solution. And I think it's also concerning when you've got streamers who are trying to be, you know, psychologists. I you have to be really yeah. careful. It's it's one thing if it's like a friend or it's a one-off thing where you're like, "Hey man, like 
if you want to talk about it. But you see people go on Twitter and Twitch and stuff, and it's like, if anyone has problems, don't kill yourself. Come talk to me, and I'll make it better. Like, you're not in any way qualified to help these people, and I think it's really careful. It's one thing to be a friend and be a voice and to, like, give some good advice if you want to, but don't put it out there that you're some kind of, like, shaman <laughs> like you're not yeah, especially because you're gonna give some very surface level advice right that if anything could make the situation a lot worse that's why it's really good when the people that actually know what they're talking about don't say oh don't come talk to me they say i can point you towards the resources that i think can help right yeah so I think I think it's good overall but i think it we still do need to be very careful in how we approach it and I really like. I appreciate that Bo Burnham going bringing this back around. I think he's been very good and mindful about the way he approaches it, and he he approaches it more from speaking from his own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even even in his stand up specials and stuff, like yeah, there's a lot of satire and a lot of like poking fun, but there's a lot of reality in there too. You know, mm-hmm. like, like like he explicitly calls it out in that one song, like the end of the special. Yeah. It's like a lot of you guys are just gonna like sing along and laugh, but yeah, there's like actually a whole lot of like self reflection and thought like into this that's actually like really affecting me. Right, or the you know the one song where he goes into the whole Chipotle burrito thing. Like, oh yeah, you know, there's just there's some real shit in there, and he makes you think about it in a way that's not like him trying to solve the world's problems, but just like, hey, this is like how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And especially yeah. when he like just straight out points out, like it's not about a burrito. Like, right. <laughs> right. That, that's just the, that's just the medium of which that I am expressing this thought. Right. Exactly. So I, I don't know. I like that. I think, I think there are some, some smart ways to deal with it. And I think it's overall a good thing. And I think for me personally, podcasts have helped a lot with that. Um, like, on your mom's house podcast, uh, Christina Pajinski, she talks regularly about how she sees, uh, you know, how she goes to a psychologist like three times a week, hmm. you know, and, you know, she says, I'm a comedian and all this stuff, but I have serious issues from my childhood, you know, and she's mm-hmm. like, uh, and she's a huge advocate for it, but she doesn't try and solve people's problems. She just kind of expresses like, this is what I deal with and this is, you know, why I deal with it. And this is what I do to compensate for it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's like the perfect approach to it is like, I do it and there's nothing wrong with that. Like everyone else should, if you've got issues, seek help. I'm not going to fix your problems, but there is help out there. And it's, you know, it's really helpful if, if you think that you're at that point in your life where you need it. Dan3FFA says, even at KPC, there is a psychologist that does KPC work and will listen, tell you his opinion, and tell you to go see a therapist in person. Huh. I didn't know that. Interesting. Mm. But, yeah. I mean, that's that's really all I wanted to say about it. I think we can use the internet for good. And I think it is for now until I, I don't know what could possibly come after the internet, like the internet too. But I mean, as far as like interconnectivity, the only, the only 
the only step after the internet that I can think, even think of is decentralized internet. Because mm -hmm. we still go through like government controlled DNS servers right now. Um, and I guess that could be internet 2.0 is if someone ever finds the magic bullet to decentralize the internet, but the internet's what we got for now. And I think, you know, it's probably one of those things that's going to take a hundred years before we're actually good at it. Like we're still in the wild, wild mm -hmm. west of the internet. And so there's a lot of learning that we're continuing to do, but I think we're making positive strides. Um, and I think it is a tool for good. And I think, you know, people like Bo Burnham wouldn't have had a voice otherwise. So I'm I'm an optimistic person in general, though. So who knows? Maybe we're all just going to fucking kill each other. <laughs> One day. When the, when the great revolution arises. Yeah. Just all get rid of technology, go back to the woods. Anyway, we could uh, take a quick little break. We just, that was, we almost went for two hours. We didn't even do a beef yet. So we'll probably do a beef and call it after that. Maybe we'll throw in some April Fool's talk if we have time, but uh, there were a couple fun ones. But I think we'll take a short break real quick. Uh, go do what you gotta do, hit the bucket, drink your drink, smoke your smoke. And, uh, we got a hot, fresh... I have to download it still. We got a hot, fresh beef coming at you. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, a lot of familiar faces out there in chat. And if you're not here at twitch.tv forward slash Jimmy Navio hanging out with us, next time, you should be here. We might even uh, call you out or answer your questions. By the way, we're going to need a follow-up, Dan. Uh, I need a you need to email uh, hit the bucket podcast at gmail.com and give us the play-by-play -play of how your uh, your date night went we gave we gave some solid advice we need the uh, we need the edit you know that when you edit your post and you give the, the follow-up we need that we need the deets all right break time we'll be back in a minute all right we are back with some beef it's been a couple weeks and chief's got some beef for us for those who don't know this show this segment of the show is called chief's beef our good friend mashif over at twitch.tv forward slash mashif he likes to channel his inner angry old man and give us two things that he is just not very happy about uh, he's going to give us some beef, and we get to decide which one is the beefiest, or which one do we think is the bigger issue. Um, according to him, there is a right and wrong answer, um, so you know we'll see if we win or not. And uh, maybe he... Uh... Oh, wait, did, did we announce the win? Anyway, I don't know if it's in this video or not, but we have a winner for the... Did he announce that last week? Anyway... Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. He did. You're right. Um, so ogre Magi. I'm gonna bring James back on here, and we're going to uh, do the beef, and hope everyone in chat plays along. We want to know what you guys think is the bigger beef, and then we're probably gonna call it a night because uh, we. Uh, I got. I got ranting again. <laughs> this is already a two-hour podcast. Um. Dude, also my my farts are like super gnarly right now. I think this transition to keto. I'm sitting in my stew, James. 
That don't sound good. It, it's not. Just thought everyone should know that that's my current state. Uh, let's do this beef. I'm ready. You got it up? I do. All right, let me stop the music here. I just messaged him today. He won. Okay, cool. All right, here comes the beef. Let me get it back to the beginning. Whenever. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, on go as usual. One, two, three, go. You need the beefiest of beefs, the sheefiest of sheaves that get yourself ready. Open up them buckles and eat some beef. It's sheaf's beef. Welcome, everyone, to the ring. I'm your host, Miss Sheaf, bringing you this week's hot and spicy, spicy beef. We're going to put two contenders head to head and figure out which of the two is the absolute biggest beef of the week. Now, your first beef of the week is. Stubbing your toe. <laughs> nothing. I can tell you, I was not expecting this. Nothing is more painful in that in that split second than stubbing your toe. That's true. You wake up in the middle of the night. You just want to get some water. Maybe go take a pee pee. And you know, in your <laughs> mind's eye, you know exactly where everything is in your house. It is perfect. You can see it right now. What's going to happen? Inadvertently, you will. <laughs> Stub your toe on a piece of furniture or a fucking doorway. A doorway. Like the door is moved anytime soon. Come on. <laughs> Stubbing your toe happens, and it's so irritating because it hurts so fucking bad in that second. But at the same time, you just will. Everybody overreacts. Yep. <laughs> ah! Stub my toe. Right, Pretty sure that's hentai. But in the middle of the night, that shout, that scream, that terror... Fuck you, stubbing your toe. Toe, you're the first beef, beef of, of the, the week. week. Second beef is... Oh, I didn't think it would get worse, but it did. Now, I don't mean biting your lip, like not talking shit when someone has something to say. I think he bit when his I tongue say recently. bite my lip, I mean really mm -hmm, That would make a lot of sense. And stubbed his toe. Recently, run out the chain door reaction. in a hurry because I always, always wake up late. I'm eating some oatmeal. And what do I do? Bite my lip. Yep. The inside of my lip. Somehow I was so excited to have oatmeal for breakfast. It was good oatmeal. That I chomped down as hard as I fucking could. I used the full force of my bite on this oatmeal. Oatmeal, by the way, that doesn't require chewing, but for some reason decided to gnaw it myself. So I take a bite, get the inside of my lip, and I got a nice big welt. And what's the one thing that you do when you bite your lip or your tongue? Well, you do it it's again. Not one. It's over and over and over again because you're going to find it somehow in your mouth. That, that intimate little area inside your face hole, you're going to find the swel sweltering welt that you created. You're going to find that spot, and you're going to bite it over and over and over. And then someday, magically, it goes away. I don't know why or how, but when you bite your tongue, you just look stupid. What a way to ruin a fucking meal. Right? A good meal, just getting something to eat. What a way to look like a goddamn dum-dum. So, biting your lip and or tongue, you're the second beef of the week. Jimmy, James, chat, I want to hear what everyone has to say and figure out which of the two is the absolute biggest beef of the week. And when we come back, I'll tell you which of the two is the right answer because there is a right answer. Jimmy won't get it right, but hey, there's one there. So, stay <laughs> tuned for the beef. Why are you so mean to me? Uh, let's see. I got it at 324. 
Let's see here. Yeah, in the same spot. Okay, cool. What do you think, James? This is a tough it, one because they're both so fucking terrible. Hits too close to home, honestly. It really does. It's like I'm trying to weigh which one I think bothers me more. And I'm going to have to go with biting your tongue or the inside of your mouth just because it's been a while since I've stubbed my toe. And that doesn't mean stubbing your toe is less annoying. It just means it's been a while since I felt it. So it's, it's weighted less in my mind. But both of them equally suck. Because it's like one is more like instant, a lot more pain. It's front-loaded pain, while the other one is more a little bit of pain, while a medium amount of pain in the beginning. And then it's, it lasts a long time, a couple days, maybe a week <laughs> at the latest. Let's see. If I had to choose which one I dislike more, it'd probably be biting my own tongue. Just because, like he said, you're eating food. Who's that? I don't know. Hold on. I'll be. <laughs> I'll, be I'll keep talking. Yeah, you keep going. I'll, I'll carry it. Man, you guys heard that as well. It's like the door knocked and it sounded like they were right there. So, yeah, stubbing my toe. Extremely painful, especially what Mashif said about you know the layout of your house, you know where everything is. It shouldn't happen, but then the the, the single moment any furniture is out of place, that's when you stub your toe. You don't expect it. it; comes out of nowhere. You feel like you broke your toe. It hurts a lot, but I'm gonna have to go with biting the inside of my mouth or the tongue, just because you're just you're chewing your food. You chew a little bit too hard. And all of a sudden, now your tongue is in pain. You can't deal with it. And now, as you go forward and just eat anything, you're going to be reminded of that mistake you made. So to me, at least, I'm going to have to go with bite on the inside of your mouth or your tongue. All right. We are going to disagree this week. But first, that was a salesman for some security thing. We live in a gated apartment complex. Wait, 11, 10, 9, it's 8 p.m. <laughs> yeah. And did you hear he rang the doorbell and gave like four loud ass knocks? I thought I was getting, I thought I was getting swatted or something with how loud he was knocking. That, that's... Yeah. When he, as soon as he got up, I told him, I was like, it sounded like the door was like right next to the mic. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was that loud. It was, it was pretty intense, uh, uh, door handling. So, yeah. <laughs> Fucking salesman. Yeah, Mashif, you're in that pot. Unless he's not actually a salesman. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to the beef. I, uh, I'm going to go with stubbing your toe, and I have a few good reasons for it. One of them that Bishop Girl just pointed out. Uh, well, first and foremost, I wear a size 14 shoe. My feet stick out. I, I, they've been called tuna boats. Uh, they've, they've been called many things that are large and stick out. Uh, so I am prone to hitting my feet on everything. <laughs> like my foot is literally like, I use my foot to measure a room because it's about a foot long mm -hmm. and it's really frustrating. They're, they're liabil liability everywhere I go. Uh, they're pretty banged up just from protruding so far forward. And 
I've broken off nails. I've when I when I stub my toe, I'm not an angry or aggressive person, but like I've never been in a fist fight. I've never screamed. I, I rarely raise my voice even. I, I'm I pride myself on being pretty level headed and being able to avoid getting myself into situations where I've ever had get really angry. Um, but I've literally thrown things across the room and shouted at people and had to apologize. Like I stubbing my toe, it, it makes me a monster. Mm-hmm. And you, the, you unleash this primal energy. <laughs> All the suppressed anger from the last 35 years comes out when I stub my toe. It's gnarly. And like, like Mashif said, it's embarrassing when there's other people around because like I, I literally can't contain the rage like when I stub my toe really bad. And part of it is what that Bishop girl pointed out is that like there's a time period between when you actually kick something and the real pain sets in. There's like there's like this couple milliseconds or I, you know, it's, it feels like an eternity, but there's this time in between where it registers in your brain, how hard you just kicked something and how much your toe is about to hurt. And that's, I think where the rage actually comes from. Cause you're like, fuck, I can't believe I just did that. Yep. Here comes the pain. God damn it. Like, it's just like such a quick visceral thing that you're, that you respond to both physically, emotionally, mentally, like it just encompasses all of your being in that split second. And I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. And it makes me everything that I hate about people. I bite yeah, my tongue and I hate like that jerk reaction. You're like, oh, fuck. And like, you, you know, it'll bleed sometimes. Yeah, you'll bite it multiple mm-hmm. times. But then you kind of forget about it and it heals. And it sucks in that moment. But it, it for me personally, stubbing my toe is way bigger beef for me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a bit crazy too how much you realize how much damage you can inflict on yourself when you're not conscious of it. Because if you just try to bite your tongue, like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bite my tongue. Like, you can't really make it hurt. You can put a lot of pressure on it, but your head is, like, getting into, like, oh, I don't actually want to cause any damage. But when you're unconscious and you're just walking somewhere in the dark, you don't think there's something in the way of your foot, so you swing at it full speed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did I sway you? Are you going to change you? No, I still got to go with the tongue because I have pretty much the same ideas. Well, for biting my tongue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that bishop girl does biting the inside of your cheek count. Yeah, I think so. I think that all falls under biting any part of the inside of your mouth that you're not supposed to bite is gen- generally a bad time. <laughs> I can't believe I f- almost forgot this. See, you don't have the problem I do. So basically, whenever I wake up, there's basically raw skin on the inside of my cheeks that I can basically peel off because when I sleep, I'm constantly biting the inside of my cheeks. Oh, yeah. It also plays into it as well. Yeah. That friction. That's crazy. In fact, I have had that like twice in my, like I don't have it. You have that pretty often? I have it pretty much like every day. I'll wake up in the shower and I'll just take my finger. Like you have that film on it? I'll I'll just take my finger and scrape it off in the shower. (laughs) Otherwise, I just feel it all day. See, I used to, that was happening to me for a while and I re and I found out that it was actually like the toothpaste or like the mouthwash or something I was using. So I don't know, maybe something to look into, but uh, maybe 
I don't know. I don't think that'd be it. Cause I like, I brush my teeth before I go to sleep, but then I end up not sleeping for like four hours. But I don't know. Maybe it might be that, you know, I always use Colgate. Maybe I should try something else. See if it changes. Or maybe I just changed your life. That, that was it. He solved this. <laughs> or add like mouthwash to the mix to make sure you get all the, the toothpaste out or something. I don't know. Try different combinations of, of mouth, uh, hygiene and see if that makes a difference maybe your toothpaste is just really tasty so you, you're sitting there trying to no. eat your own mouth all night well, i'm asleep it's just like i i taste good stuff tastes like spearmint <laughs> candy canes <laughs> um yeah so okay we have a difference of opinion here we got uh i'm going with stubbing your toe it is it is satan incarnate i i think if if there was a uh devil who dwells in hell uh, he definitely invented stubbing your toe. He wants the the misery of mankind. Uh, it's the worst. And you're going with biting, biting your... inside your mouth or tongue. Yeah. So they're both terrible. This this beef is. <laughs> these are actually pretty legitimate beefs. They both suck. And I kind of it it almost has a, a more a little bit more of a would you rather feel to it. Because they're things that you do rather than like. Anyway, I like it. I whoever were these the were these the topic winners? Are these the is this the beef from the suggestions that you got? I really enjoy it. We need to get more suggestions. I love how I'm I'm not giving Mashif any credit for these beefs this week. I <laughs> they're too good. They couldn't have been him. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm curious to know if these were ones that were submitted. No, I didn't even use those. Oh, well, okay, then I take it back, Mashif. Good job. I really like this beef. Props to you, sir. You ready? I'm ready. All right, we're at 324. One, two, three, go. And the biggest beef of the week is... Biting your lip and or tongue. Boo. This is a pain that will last with you. You put up some good arguments, Jimmy. It, well, it looks like grow and fester this was the bigger beef. actually fall asleep and it somehow magically disappears on its own. It makes no fucking sense. There's no rhyme or reason. And all day you're going to be doing that, oh, oh, bit my tongue thing, right? Everyone's going to go, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? It's the equivalent of walking through a spider's web in the middle of a meal. And that's why <laughs> biting your lip slash and or tongue is the beef of the week. <laughs> it's the equivalent oh. of walking through a spider's web in the middle of a meal. I like I'm that. Like, that's like that's that a good one. quote. Because mm -hmm. have you ever done that? I've done it like two times walking to the bus stop. And there's a lot of people at the bus stop. So I'll be walking down there. All of a sudden, spider web in my face. And you're just like. Yeah, it's so not. Everyone looking at you, you just look crazy. <laughs> no one else can see it. They're like, what the fuck is that guy doing over there? That dude's tweaking out. Flailing his arms about like. 9 a.m. Well, 9 a.m. freakouts, good for you. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, those are both beefs. Some of the beefs, I, I, I almost don't even agree that they're beefs at all, but those are both solid, beefy beefs and deserve all of that attention. Mm -hmm. But I, I can see why you'd go with the stub your toe. Because if every time you stub your toe, like the primal rage of your ancestors going back 10 generations <laughs> just gets unleashed, it would make a lot of sense. Me, I stub my toe and it's more like, 
like I just like breathe in really hard, just like the pain. Like if I if I just don't if I don't breathe, I can't feel the pain. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we should find some some stub toe techniques. Like the everyone's got a different brain freeze technique, I feel like too. Mm-hmm. There's all the different uh, remedies, like blowing out or sucking in. The one I heard recently was rubbing your tongue on the roof of your mouth. It's supposed to do something to regulate the temperature to the I can see that. that are connected. I mean, let's see. You get a brain freeze because you eat too much ice cream, and it makes the roof of your mouth too cold. So I, I, can, I, can, see the, I can see the logic. But I don't think it's the nerves on the roof of your mouth that cause it. It's like the it's like the nerves up in the back of your throat, like a, closer to your sinuses. Like it's that yeah, pain inside what I saw your. Was, uh, what I think I saw was the reason you get a, a brain freeze, right? Is because you eat the ice cream, and most people push it to the top of their mouth right. to help solve it, and it cools down the top of your mouth, and that's where a lot of blood flows. So it cools the blood going up to your brain, is what I read not really sure the science of that <laughs> so science says we were never evolved to eat freezing cold things mm-hmm. at least not very quickly yeah oh brain freezes fucking that could have been a third one we could have had a three-way beef on that one because i yeah i get pretty uh <laughs> unruly when i get a really bad brain freeze mm-hmm. it just ruins a good time it does just like mm, tasty treat makes monkey brain happy and then all of a sudden just pain Oof. yeah no good um so we'll touch on it real quick any uh any fun april fools stuff you saw out there anything uh it just happened right there was some... I'm trying to think I'm trying to think anything specifically i know rabbit the the, the sharing site for watching streaming stuff basically went back to 2002 with like fluorescent text and stuff. And that one just annoyed me. Yeah. Luckily I was in full screen, so I didn't have to see that, but <sighs> I know Gator Pete was mad because they completely removed light theme from discord. For <laughs> that one, that one seeing the disparity of opinion was honestly the, the greatest one. Cause yeah. I had some people be like, remove light theme. That's, that's just a quality of life thing. And then other people were like, this honestly makes Discord unusable for me. And I'll, it was just amazing to see the difference of opinion there. Um, that the, uh, the Nintendo Direct Switch one was pretty gnarly, too. Hmm. I didn't see it. Uh, they basically, it was a Nintendo Direct, and it was a full-blown Direct. It was actually put out by IGN. It wasn't put out by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But it was like the same format with the red background and the guy talking in Japanese and the subtitles at the or you know the overdubbing English voice or whatever, and then he snaps and it goes to the clips, and it, it was basically him announcing that everything like every time he would snap, oh, okay. it would be another game like every Zelda game, uh, um, like a bunch of Sony exclusives, like all like every time he would snap, it was another game that was coming to Switch, and at the first half. It seemed legit, like because they listed off the Zelda games first, mm-hmm. and it was like all like like literally every Zelda game you would want on the Switch, and I and I was I got legitimately excited for a second, and then it kept, he kept snapping, and then it started getting into stuff that was obviously never going to be released on the Switch, and I was like, God damn it, you roosted me. <laughs> but I think 
a smaller one that I saw on Twitter that I thought was really funny was a friend of mine, Americanga, post it was someone he knew was an artist that I guess she was making him some emotes. And he so he messages her like, hey, like where are the emotes? Like, are you done with them? She's like, oh, not really. Like I've been working on them, but I've been a bit busy. He's like, oh, that's fine. I found someone else. I'll just have them do it. So it's like, she's like really mad. Like I was making them for you. Like as a friend, I wasn't charging you anything. He's like, oh, don't, it's not an issue. Like I'm paying, like this person's going to do them for, for, do them for me for free as well. And so she's mad. She's like, fine. I just deleted them. He's like, no way. It was an April Fool's joke. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh man, I feel so bad now. Hope I took she, it too far. I hope she had the original, uh, files or something mm-hmm. yeah That's... but april 1st i woke up and i just told myself yep do not do not believe their lies because yeah. i was just like you can't trust anything today yeah my dad uh i think i was at my parents house that day and my dad was reading some article and it was something that was like i i could tell and i was just like Dad is April Fools. He's like, oh, <laughs> like he oh, he was yeah. getting all like worked up about some headline he read, mm-hmm. and I had to remind him. The one one that I'm still not sure about that I never went back and checked is that they were rebooting the Ninja Turtles movies again, and I I still mm-hmm. don't know See, if it's, it's, it's too close. To yeah, like exactly. Not quite sure. But it, those are the ones that really work when they're not too outlandish. That you're like, oh, that's clearly fake. It's when they're really like, it could happen. And there was a post on Reddit about a guy who uh, got himself in trouble because uh, it was, I think it was on today. I fucked up or something. Uh, And it was a guy telling a story about how on April fools, his entire family, uh, well, his sister and his sister's husband, like called the family meeting at their house and sat them all down around the table and basically told them that uh, they were getting a divorce because, like, the sister's husband like cheated on her and all this stuff. And they, it's two family. the The two families have been family friends for like most of their lives. Like they've known each other since they were kids, and now they're married. So their families are very interconnected. And so they like had the, they were sitting around the table, and uh, they're straight up telling the whole family that they're getting a divorce because he cheated and all this stuff. And uh, and the guy just like. Oh, you almost got me. You almost got me. Like I, you know, you guys are great actors. You should go start. You should go uh, try out for some roles. That was some quality shit. I'm not falling for this April Fools. And it was like a hundred percent legit. <laughs> and they they were actually getting a divorce, and he was a cheating piece of shit. But he like thought it was this huge April Fools joke, and just like made the problems so much worse. <laughs> Just the timing. Yeah. That's what makes April fir- April 1st like so bad. Because if you have like, if something legitimate comes out April 1st, no one believes it. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be a... Uh... What was the other one that they actually set it up a few days before April 1st? I can't remember, but there was one that they it, they started it on like the 26th. So it seemed like a legitimate uh, April Fool's joke. But yeah, I know I know some people Dan posted a link. Uh I'm not sure if that's the same one I read, but I know some big companies. I know Microsoft is a huge anti-April Fools uh I think it was Microsoft. Is it Microsoft or IBM? It was one of the big tech companies, but they came out and said how basically these jokes need to stop 
if for no other reason than from like, like a shareholder's perspective, like it's creating a lot of issues as far as, you know, public perception and public expectations and all these things. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are really gullible. Yeah. And that's the problem is like, you think, Oh, no one will like everyone, but then you never know. You, you can never underestimate the stupidity of some people, right? Like you'll think, Oh yeah, you know, we'll get them at first, but everyone will obviously, you know, realize that this is a joke, right? Yeah, it's clearly April 1st. You can't make that assumption though. Like uh, what was the Think Geek one where uh, they on April Fool's they had the Tauntaun sleeping bag where it was like, uh, it was like the animal on the outside. And when you unzip it, it's like the guts, like in the movie in Star Wars when he cuts the Tauntaun open to put Luke inside of it and all the guts spill out. They had on April Fool's. They had a sleeping bag, and the zipper handle was a lightsaber, and the insides was guts, and it had like a tauntaun head on it. And everyone was fucking pissed when they found out that it wasn't real, right? Because a mm. bunch of people were trying to order it, and uh, to the point where they actually made it. Like they they were like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I guess we got to manufacture these. People really want them." Mm-hmm. But it was supposed to be a big joke. I guess that's one way to gauge public interest. It's almost like a, a Kickstarter in a way. Yeah, because if no one likes it, you're like, ha I got you guys. <laughs> you're right. And then, and then just like off to the side, you're like, all right, dump, this, dump the inventory. It's a, it. it's a get out of bad idea free card. Maybe, I don't know, I guess. But I don't know. I like it. I don't mind it. Some people are, there's always going to be people who fall for shit. There's always going to be some butthurt shareholder or guy who actually wanted to buy it, but. Mm-hmm. You can't protect everybody. That's life, right? We don't need more safe spaces. Let us have our April Fool's holiday. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, it was fun. There were, there were some decent ones out there. And last thing I'll mention real quick before we go. I'm going to have to start playing uh, League of Legends ARAM again. Oh, those ARAM changes. Official announcement. (laughs) (laughs) They added banning. They added banning to ARAM. That's like the one thing that everyone's been wanting for the longest time. I mean, they added the player rotation thing, which was a huge quality of life improvement, but people were still like, yeah, but... If there's a Ziggs, they're going to win the game. Like, <laughs> there's just certain characters that have been overpowered. And so they added banning and they also announced that they're going to start uh, balancing ARAM. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Ziggs is getting a 15% power reduction just all around. Yeah, I saw like the full list. Like, instead of just like tweaking abilities just for ARAM, they were just like, yeah, we're just going to slap damage and damage like just buffs flat- and defense buffs just yeah. overall. So, like, I know Akali was just, like, deals 15% more damage, receives 9% less damage. Right. So, just stuff like that to make it work better. Right, because Akali was basically useless for the first half of any ARAM game until you can get, like, if you can get to, like, your core, like, three items that you need to start assassinating people. Or unless you get a few lucky, like, low-life kills early in the game, you're basically useless, especially if the other team has, like, two or three ranged characters. So I think I think that's awesome. They also changed the boots. Uh, the way boots work is uh, you get a speed boost now when you walk through wall when you go outside the map, 
but they also made it so that you can't they made it like the blink dagger in dota where you can't activate it if you've taken damage within the last three seconds so it's not a it's not a runaway tool anymore it's not a get out of jail free card it's an initiate like they've basically forced it to be an initiating item it's i don't have to walk through their all their skill shots to get to them right i can pop I, through the wall yeah i can take advantage of the the terrain to get the get the hop on them but but you can't use the item at all to get away if you took damage within the last three seconds you're fucked so that's really cool i think that's a really smart change um and then they basically are giving um what's the the angel wings item the armor guardian angel guardian angel that's the one i couldn't think of the name they're giving guardian angel the yorick ult the old yorick ult uh i before the i don't know if you remember before the yorick uh remake i just can't remember it y- you would cast y- your ult on one of your allies or yourself and it would make oh, like a little ghost of you and then mm-hmm. if you died the ghost would come alive for like 5 or 10 seconds mm-hmm. so it's essentially kind of the same thing where you instead of resurrecting you just survive for like 5 seconds with all your cooldowns reset. So that's really cool. Um, that Karthus is back. Dude, I already wreck face with Karthus and ARAM. I, everyone plays him wrong. By the way, if you're ever playing ARAM, anyone out there, and you got Karthus, just max your little AoE tick, uh, get the mask, and get a Sunfire cape, and just fucking YOLO into the enemy every single time you spawn. Don't yeah, try I remember and, when that don't, used to be the strat. Don't drop bombs. Like in ARAM, the your your AoE is as wide as the lane. Like just initiate over and over again and you'll just melt their health and they won't realize why they keep dying. It's mm-hmm. such it's so easy. I remember it was so sad when they removed revive as a summoner spell. Because that was the strat. Revive, teleport. You run in, get yourself murdered, revive, teleport back in, do it again. Yeah. It still works in ARAM because the, the spawn timers are so much shorter. And then you, on top of that, you have your ult. And now, yeah, with Guardian, if you can fit, I don't know, his build is pretty specific if you want to do max damage, but if you could fit a Guardian Angel in there, maybe late game you just like sell your boots. I don't know. Um, you're, you're already immobile. It can't hurt. Yeah, that's true. Guardian Angel would just give you a few, like five extra seconds to just tick down that damage. Plus, on top of that, you've got your your ult to make sure if there's anyone left after all that carnage, you just pop them off. I love Karthus. He's one of my favorite ARAM characters to play. <laughs> oh, uh, in fact, a side note, um, me and my friend discovered that uh, his, his AOE uh, works while you're inside of Tom Kinch. So <laughs> even if you can't see it, right? You don't even get, you don't even see it. You, the Tom Kench just walks up with a Karthus in his mouth and everyone dies. <laughs> it's so good. See, I'm all excited now. I might have to play league after uh, this podcast is over. <laughs> I don't know. When do these changes come out? I didn't, I, I don't know. I saw the it, next but patch, I don't know when. but yeah, a lot of the shit that people have been complaining about for a long time and ARAM is getting patched. So we're just one step closer to competitive ARAM boys and girls. If that ever happens, I'm going to be a contender. <laughs> I'm going to join a team. I've been playing nothing but ARAM for like five years. I'm, I'm stoked about the changes and I like it, it. It says to me that they're paying attention to the fact that 
a lot of people enjoy ARAM. You know, they they can obviously see the numbers, and they wouldn't be giving this much time and attention to it if people weren't playing it. You know, it's it's its own it's a it's its own community entirely at this point. There's a lot of people that just play ARAM. Anyway, I think that was the last thing I wanted to. I was excited to talk about. You po- I thought you posted a couple other things in there. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, I posted a few things that I saw, but nothing that I was like, oh, I really want to talk about this. Oh, yeah. On Humble Bundle, uh, you, you guys can uh, click my link or use my code and make sure you go buy the Humble Hot Date Bundle. Uh, it's all the, uh, the sexy hot dating games that you've been waiting for. I know James has been uh, really excited about it. It also it includes genital jousting. So you better better jump on that one. Get all your uh get all your uh creepy hentai alone time in. <laughs> on a I mean, sh- come on, does it if it includes Sakura Spirit, I mean you're missing out by not buying it. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well podcast success. Um hopefully yeah Gator Pete's in the middle of like completely renovating his entire house right now um otherwise he probably would have been joining us tonight if you missed the beginning of the podcast i'll announce it one more time he's going to become a pseudo regular guest uh so in the next few weeks we'll try and have him on again and he's helping out a little bit behind the scenes as well so we're excited to have gator pete join in our ranks and uh if you've never watched a gator pete's stream i'm pretty sure everyone here at least on twitch right now knows who gator pete is but if you're listening out there in uh, podcast land gator pete is a great twitch streamer very entertaining if you give him a sub he'll do a song and dance with a little uh magic rainbow action he's a good friend i've met him in real life and he's just as friendly in person as he is on the internet so go check him out sometime. It's twitch.tv forward slash Gator Pete. D-A-T-O-R-P-E-T-E. Exactly how it sounds. He's, he's going to be helping us out with the podcast. He's the, the latest member to kind of join our team, and we're excited about it. On that note, I guess we should probably go find someone to say hi to. Um, I'll go ahead and end the podcast and give you the closeout screen while we find someone to raid. Thank you guys for being here. James, hope you have a good week. Um, This should go up in the next few days once we get it edited. And we'll be back next week. I'm putting it out there. (laughs) We're going to try and get back to doing this thing weekly. Is Uncle Joe's show live right now? If he is, we will definitely uh, do that. You're doing Uncle Joe? Yes. All right. So you guys have a good one, and I'll send you over to Uncle Joe here in just a moment. Bye, everyone.